for me, with my last paddling, it was so dramatic because I'm the baby girl. I'm my dad's little girl. And I was smart as can be, but I was a class ASS. I had to laugh all the time. And my joke went too far and it offended my teacher. Because I actually said something that hurt her feelings. Personally, it was something that it was true, but it hurt her because she didn't want to hear somebody say that to her. Well, my teacher paddled, my principal paddled me, but that was my punishment for what I did. But instead of him actually paddling me, he changed his mind. He called my dad and my dad came to school and my dad paddled me in front of the class. And I was embarrassed. Yeah! This is DJ Kevin Kell. For all my BBW that's out there looking fly, and know you're looking fly, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to give them a big yeah! For all my fellas out there that's rocking the SBBW, I want you to stand up and say yeah! Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the BBW Network Podcast. I am your host, DJ Kevin Kell. I like to say what's up to all my BBWs out there and all the guys that love and support our BBWs. I also like to give a shout out to the BBW Network Facebook group. If you hadn't joined, please go do so right now. Hello. Cassandra, is that how you say your name? Yes, that's it. Okay, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing fine. Okay, I made a post on Facebook in reference to an article that I found in the Small Joy TV that said a private school district in Texas decided to bring back paddling, a form of corporal punishment after getting consent from parents. And you agree that corporal punishment should be used. And I totally disagree. Now, you tell us why you feel that corporal punishment should be allowed in schools. I feel that corporal punishment, when it is intended, as it is intended to be used in schools, is a great guidance tool. A lot of our kids and students are not really guided or have the structural basis that they need. And discipline is very important. Like, if you don't have any type of discipline, chances are you it's going to be hard getting to where you need to go so i feel that corporal punishment in schools should be an extension of what is going on at home but if there is no discipline at home there's none in the schools so that's why i feel that you know you know you can talk to a child and don't get me wrong i'm gonna first off say that there are some kids you will never have to discipline with a paddling or anything you won't even have to put your hands on but then there are some that you will and corporal punishment in schools when done and I'm not saying teachers just beating up on kids because when I was in school and corporal punishment was there it was specific people that were able to do this and that was the principal and if the principal wasn't available it was the assistant principal it was never a teacher but I feel it teaches structure and is an extension of what type of discipline that a child has at home. 
That's my that's how I've always seen it. I don't see it as a teacher or anybody beating up your child. That's not what it's intended for. And I think the topic went a little bit overboard because when you to be honest with you, some private schools still do corporal punishment. But it's parental consent. Okay. And in public schools, corporal punishment didn't stop until 1987. Uh-huh. So if it had gone on that long, there must have been some type of advantage to it. But then we came into an era where parental rights, and that's a societal part thing that, you know, we can't change, where society felt that teachers and principals and nobody else had rights to put their hands on our kids. Uh-huh. And that's where the problem started. So we have a, a society now where, you know, the teachers are scared of parents, parents are scared of CPS, and the kids aren't scared of anybody. Okay. Because they can get away with whatever. And then there's so many factors when you, you talk about corporal punishment, but you can't skip the fact you need to know what kind of environment that child is growing up in. And why is there a need for corporal punishment in schools in the first place? Okay. So well, there's. A, go ahead. No, no, you finish. No, I'm. I'm gonna answer any question you have. I'm ready because I mean I've worked with kids from. I mean the youngest child I've ever worked with was 18 months, and we're in a society now where we have kids and parents where there's no parental boundaries. It's everybody wants their child to be their best friend. And what parents don't understand is that your kids aren't your best friends. Okay. You are given the duty to be a parent and parenting comes with some things that you don't want to do and corporal punishment is one of those things. Okay. Now, so, go ahead. Uh -huh. No, finish. No, I'm listening. <laughs> okay. I, I want to ask you that well first of all I'm, I'm gonna continue with what the article said now and i oh. want you to respond to this okay the article also said that black boys were number one for corporal punishment okay and it also said that black girls were 2.9 times as likely to, uh yeah likely as white girls to be subject to corporal punishment get that the reason why i feel that more black boys are subject to corporal punishment is because you got to look at their environment studies have shown that in this generation kids are not in the structured family homes anymore which means a family you know a family consistent of a mother father and kids we have more broken homes and that can be researched you see a high number of more single black women than you see single white women. And that's a problem. That really is a problem. It's showing that as a, a race, that there's something that needs to, the family dynamic is not as important as it is it was in prior years. Say like our, our family. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? I grew up both mom and dad in the home. Uh -huh. And so did all of my cousins and, you know, friends. Every Their mom and dad was in the home. Okay. And if you look at how each each child turns out, you can see why. I don't care. I don't have any kids, but it doesn't take common sense to know how to raise a kid. Uh-huh. I'm a female. 
I come from a family. My dad had seven sisters and seven brothers. So it's equal on both sides. Uh-huh. And I can tell you, a woman cannot raise a boy into a man on her own. I don't care how strong she is. Because uh-huh. my grandmother my grandmother was extra strong to have that many kids and my grandfather passed away uh-huh. it takes a village and if you don't have that male figure in the home and you have that female energy coming trying to tell him what he can and can't do you're going to get some resistance you're going to have I don't care if he's mama's boy whatever it doesn't matter that's why we need male figure positive male figures for our boys they don't have that and when they don't have it in the home that aggression and that anger is taken out on mom other people specifically females they they want to be dominant but don't understand what their you know their role is you know as far as talking to a female because no one taught it to them uh-huh. they always got mom's side of everything and never really knew what a father figure in the home was like uh-huh so they take that energy to school and what do you think they try to do to that female teacher? Or uh, what why you think they brace up to that male teacher? Well, because they don't have any authority. They don't know how to respect authority. Uh-huh. They don't they don't know that. They don't understand it. They've never seen it. They've never experienced it. No one taught it to them. Well, mom let, mom can't do that. Let, let let me let me start before we go way too far. And, I, and, you know, I pass up some points that I want to make. First mm-hmm. of all, let me start with this one. You can't show me a time in history where paddling in school work. That's no error. I mean, you can say, what, the 70s, the 80s. I know for sure it wasn't the 80s through the late 90s because that didn't keep black black people out of jail. Like I said, not to interrupt, it was stopped actually in 1987. That's when it was outlawed. That's the last time paddling ever existed in a public school was in 1987. I have to think about that. Um, you can nah, research. I, I, yeah, yeah, I have to think <laughs> about that research. because, man, I still remember getting a pal yeah, you could be right i'm not gonna argue that point because yeah, i don't I know that but you're 43 i'm 42 and i can remember me being paddled in the fifth grade yeah but even in even even after 87 it was still a lot of people going to jail there was still a lot of drugs 80 83 through 85 i know people was getting shot killed and crime was at an all-time high so mm-hmm. it, it didn't I, I don't see where it worked and because to be honest with you, we are a culture and we are a generation that does not recognize other factors that ha- could have contributed to those redirections, paths and lives, like taking the wrong path and growing up with the right structure, but still turning out to have issues in life. And one of those things can be mental illness. Mental illness, many people mistake people with, say, like kleptomania. They don't think that that's a, men- a mental illness. Yes, it is. Well, it, it could so be. That, it is. I, I, I Trust me. I've been doing this 17 years. Yeah, but I, I still <laughs> don't is. see. That they can't, you can't show me a time that it worked. It so worked why, for me. So what? I mean. Just it be, worked for my classmates. Look, let me tell you. My mama had 12 brothers and sisters. And my grandfather and grandmother stayed married all the way up until he died. And, they, and I, that probably died like he when he was like 56 
And so he stayed married for probably about 35 years. But they, he was at, they was both together. Now, some of his children got on drugs and they went to jail. Some of them didn't. He whooped all of them. But it didn't necessarily. Yeah, that's it, why I said yeah, some it, it worked for some. Go through a different path in life, and and we gotta consider contributing factors. One contributing factor people don't like to mention is the shift in society. That could Have be. you noticed that over the years, a lot of things that were once considered good and okay, society wants to to rule it as harmful, and it really isn't. And corporal punishment is one of those things. It's not going to work for everybody, but if it saw fit by people who you know had experience that were in situations and positions to say okay this will work it's like kind of like the center for disease control when it comes to medication they make calls as to say this is more beneficial than it is harmful that's the same process with corporal punishment more people saw that it was beneficial than it was harmful and that's why it lasted that long okay now i'm gonna go to this part Ain't no principal going to be hitting my child. And the reason I say that, because I don't know what's going on in his or her personal life that will cause them. Hell, they could take it out on my child, especially, you know, you know, corporal punishment is restricted. They can only do so much. They're not going to stand there for 15 minutes beating on a child's butt. Okay. It depends on the severity of the, whatever they do. Okay. Then how many, how many licks are you going to give the child and how hard are you going to hit the child? For me, my last paddling, Uh it was so dramatic because I'm the baby girl. I'm my dad's little girl Uh and I was smart as can be, but I was a class ASS. Uh-huh. I had to laugh all the time. Uh-huh. And my joke went too far and it offended my teacher. Uh-huh. Because I actually said something that hurt her feelings. Personally, it uh-huh. was something that it was true, but it hurt her because she didn't want to hear somebody say that to her. Uh-huh. Well, my teacher paddled, my principal paddled me, uh-huh. but that was my punishment for what I did. Uh-huh. But instead of him actually paddling me, he changed his mind. He called my dad. Uh-huh. And my dad came to school. And uh-huh. my dad paddled me in front of the class. Uh-huh. And I was embarrassed. Okay. And he made me apologize. I got three paddlings. That was it. One, two, three. Quick and done. That was the consequences I had to face for disrespecting my teacher. That's the limit of how many times a principal or what the assistant principal can hit a child is three. And then you only get one sometimes. Sometimes you get two. But that's, you know, that's the corporal punishment. The paddling is the end result after all other directions have been over. They're done. You got the punish work. You got yeah. the, the after detention. You got all that. You got the suspension. You got... That was the last result. So a child has to do a lot of stuff to get to that point. And then that's when you make that decision. Do we continue with this behavior and just keep sending them home with punish works, you know, doing this? No, we have to put something down and say enough is enough. And after your child has been paddled all these times, that's when they finally make a recommendation for expulsion because it's unfair to uh-huh. have kids disruptive in class. It's unfair to the kids that actually go there to learn. No, well, I, I disagree with that because just because th- this is the thing. I think that this system and a lot of the teachers, 
which I don't think a lot of them any good. And some of them are, but I don't think the the ones that are, I don't think the system allows them to really teach a kid. All the kids don't learn the same, and that's the problem. Them boys is not finna sit in that class and listen at you talk. That's not the way they learn. They full of energy. They want to be out and about. And there's all kind of ways to teach a person how to do something or what you're trying to do. It's like the system that, that they have is just like shuttling the students through like cattle, expecting, hey, we're going to shuttle a uh, uh, hundred through and hopefully we get we 50 of them really learn some the other 50 we don't really care they disruptive they didn't understand and and so yada 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 and i'll show you a perfect example if you go look at this uh show called the drink champs and this is rapper nori i don't know if you know nori but he said he was in special ed and he said his whole life he said he couldn't do english he said the, the, the teacher called him dumb he said he wouldn't mount to nothing but the very thing the very thing they said he couldn't do, which was English, is what made him uh, successful and, and a millionaire by rapping. And that that's a talent. But she wouldn't have known that just by sitting up there teaching them uh, through a system that don't allow you to learn the way you. And you're absolutely yeah. correct. I totally agree. So you're going to whoop it. So That's you gonna... why I'm a strong supporter of finding out your child's weaknesses and strengths because they have some kids, They, you said it, they learn different. My thing was, I grasped whatever it was that was being taught faster than the other students. So my behavior, my disruptive behavior, you know what it was? My curiosity. But I got what the teacher said. That's and not... so while they still learning it, I already got it. So I'm going to cut up because I'm bored. Well, then that, that's that's punishing you. That's punishing that's why, you. That's why my parents yeah. decided to put me in you know, advanced placement classes. So, cause now I was faced with, oh, I don't have time to cut up and act silly. I gotta get this, cause this is hard. But so, it, and you put these kids in a classroom, and everybody has different learning techniques. So you need parents. Should parents are the first ones to pick up on everything that their kids do? Am I wrong? Well, you some see, of these parents can't afford to put their children in no no other class. They have get them involved in something. There's too much stuff that that child can be doing. I mean, if I wasn't doing something like, like schoolwork, I had to be in something. You were going to be in band. You were going to be in softball. You was going to do something. You just wasn't going to just sit down and not have your mind occupied doing something. Yeah, that I mean, was the rule here. But they that, that's <laughs> the thing. I they should not be punished because. We as adults won't stand up and say, you know what? We need to do away with the way the children are taught. We need What's to do away. It's not, and then, but we're going to blame it on the parent. I don't care how good you can be. A, a child can be an angel at home, but as soon as they leave the house and they feel free, they start cutting up. I mean, my mama, my mama, look, don't get me wrong. My mama used to tear my ass up growing up. She used to she used to whoop me and my dad because I grew up in a two parent household. I used to get whooping and my grandmother and grandfather grandfather used to uh, lay the wood on me. And I get to school and I, I wasn't really uh, just this outrageous kid, but I was a little conniving at school and, and I could be disruptive. But that that was just a part of my my personality. But they have. 
Go ahead. The point I'm trying to say is that, okay, when you're, what's the first route a teacher will do when they have a disruptive student? They will call the parent. The first thing, the first thing they need to find out why the kid is disruptive. Studies just saying, hey, he's disruptive, blah, blah, blah. You, you, you need to take the time out to find out why the kid is being disruptive. Because as, as a That's teacher, That's hold the on, first I'm a... thing they'll do is call the parent and see what's going on at home. And, you know, it could be they're not getting enough rest. It could be, you know, financial struggles. It uh -huh. could be a number of things. So the parent will, the teacher will try to find out uh -huh. through the parent what's going on with the child. Uh -huh. And the parent gets to the point where she feels the teacher is targeted. Now, you know this is true. The parent, the teacher will say stuff to the parent, and then the parent ends up thinking the teacher is targeting the child. And that's not necessarily right because the parent knows their child. Uh -huh. The teacher's trying to get what's going on at home so she can say, okay, that's why such and such is disrupting the class because there's so much going on at home. And they can better work together and try to figure out a route that this child can take to turn that behavior around. But then you got some parents want to come to school and fight with the teacher. Yeah. Because the teacher said my ch your child is disrupting the class. And you can show them how many times the child been sent to the principal's office. You can show them that the child is failing. You can show them all that, but it's still the teacher's fault. No, I asked you with your child and you did not want to tell me. Oh yeah, they um uh, I I mean that's what I, I can agree with some I'm not going to fuss with the child and stand there and, and and do all that with the child without let, letting the parent know what's going on. You you have children, right? Uh -huh. Okay, I have four nephews. I can tell when something's going on with those kids. Uh-huh. I can look and I know if Sean is not doing this, I know something's wrong. Because uh -huh. it's not that it's, it's pattern or it's habit. It's just that something else is going on because he you can see physically, you can hear in their tone. For example, you have a child that's lashing out at the teacher uh -huh. in class. The teacher will call mom and say, mom, what's, you know, such and such is lashing out at his classmates at me. You know, can you tell me if something is going wrong? Uh -huh. Well, me and my husband are about to divorce. Bam. Mom, we need to work on something together. Uh-huh. Let's do this. How many times do you think the parent starts to get mad with the teacher when you say that they need to work together? We need to give him some counseling. They don't want to hear that. Uh-huh. They, they say you're targeting their child. You're calling their, their child crazy. You're saying all oh, this. They're stupid. And that's not what that teacher is doing. Well, Teachers are extensions of what the parents are doing at home. Well, they should be. They most of the time they are. They should but then be. The, the parent come to school and want to fight with the teacher because she said that her son is disrupting the class. I told you your son was disrupting the class. What did you do on your end? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what did you do? You mean as a parent or the yeah, parents? I, oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, as a teacher, I uh -huh. offered resources uh -huh. to you and your family for your son's behavior. Did you follow through with all that? Did you you ask your son to talk to you and let you know what's going on? I don't have to do that. I don't. Yes, you do. Uh huh. Because they have some kids in the class that want to learn and want to get the information that I'm giving them. But your son is preventing them, and that is not fair to them. Okay, and and, and I can uh, I I can go with that. Uh, 
That's but, all I'm saying. That's no. what I've always said. And it's like, it's, it's not that I want teachers and principals and PE coaches and all to just go around beating on kids. Because guess what? That's not what it's about. No, Have I, something, a system in place. And corporal punishment should be the last result, but have it there just in case. They're not going to be beaten on kids. That's 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 not right because there's a way to discipline a child, and beating them is not going to solve anything because it puts fear in them. But at the same time, there has to be some type of structure. There yeah, has I mean, to be. the who I mean, when you when you whoop a child at school, let's think about it. It only takes one lick to bring the child to their knees. Exactly. So, and that's the thing. Sometimes it's no. one. Sometimes it's two. No. Sometimes the most severe cases are three. No. And it's just a quick one, two, three. No, one. I told you not to do this. Two. two. I know it's one. Uh-huh. Two seconds. Two. Uh-huh. Done. Three. Done. Okay, uh-huh. you can go back to class. And that's, supposed that's to, what it is. That's supposed, <laughs> to, that's supposed to set him in place right there, huh? You ain't going to get tired of that. I promise you, I man, got tired of it. Man, look, Shame them same, them same kids. <laughs> no, them same kids that that came through when we was getting tore up in school. They still ended up in jail. Why? I'm gonna stop it right there, fam, because this episode is kind of long, so I'm breaking it down into two parts. Please check out the rest of the episode under Carpal Punishment Part Two. Remember to check us out on the BBW Network Plus Facebook group. And also on Instagram. So go check us out on part two. Peace.